Club 41. Busy guy. Hi, Andy. Yeah, we keep busy down there. You do. You do. Hey, you had a chance to, to go to the races this weekend, enjoyed, enjoyed your 4th of July weekend. You got a chance to do a little scouting of crops. Tell us what you yep. saw. Yep. Um, yeah, we went up to Vinton, Iowa and uh, raced up there Saturday on the 4th. And right now I keep my race cars that are over in Iowa. So I haven't really, we've pretty much been on the farm all spring and haven't really gone too too far out of this this area but i got an opportunity we basically drove from donaldson iowa all the way up to vinton so that was 218 to 380 up through iowa city and cedar rapids in that area and it was pretty interesting it was an incredibly variable crop what i saw um from i would say from donaldson to north of mount pleasant um there was some incredibly poor looking crops corn and soybeans um i for being the 4th of July, seeing some corn that wasn't even knee-high, that was uh, yellow. I mean, it had there was definitely a nitrogen deficiencies going on there. Um, I don't know if there was a timing. They got way too much rain on it after they planted it. But, uh, you know, if, if those were my fields around here and they looked like this at this time of the year, I would anticipate that they probably wouldn't yield, wouldn't make hardly anything. Wow. So, but once we got north of Mount Pleasant, um, things started improving. And by the time we got to Iowa City and Cedar Rapids up in that area, um, they looked like they had a really good crop going on. How do we look around here, Andy? Um, there's a little bit of variable corn. Uh, anything that got, we were rained out from, I think the last, we got rained out about the 14th of May and didn't get back into the fields till about the 3rd of June, I think is when we got back in on beans. And the we were just planting beans then but there were still some people that were that had corn left to put in the ground and a lot of the corn that went in in may and june it struggled um the rain that we got that in that if you planted in the middle of may and then all that rain that we had during that period that we were rained out mm-hmm. um it was it was difficult for the corn to get emerged because it was pretty much in saturated soil um you know the corn basically suffocates it when it's like that so there was a lot of replant that went in. Um, there was still a lot of corn that hadn't been planted yet, so there was a lot of corn that went in the first week in June around here. Um, so some of it, you know, it looks good, but it's, you know, June planted corn. We've we've had a lot of that in the last two years with these wet springs. So we have. You're right. Um, the last two years, the June corn's done fairly well. Uh, you know, but it's always kind of a risk when you're when you're planting corn that late in the season. Uh, but most of the corn around here that, uh, I see some flag leaves popping up. So there's going to be some, you know, we're going to start throwing, uh, tassels and pollen here probably in the next week or so. You're going to see a lot of that going on. You'll be able to smell that out in the field, but, and we should be good because we got plenty of moisture last week. And, um, I don't think our temperatures are supposed to get too outrageous in the next, 10 days so hopefully we'll have a good pollination period here in the next few weeks and on the at least on the april corn and the later corn you know a lot of it's not going to pollinate till probably in august so we'll just kind of have to wait and see what the weather's like then and that'll kind of determine how the late season corn does well i'm hoping for a good crop for everyone it was a tough spring again seems like we we had so much rain third year in a row yeah 
And then now we 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 need rain. Or yeah. I, I'm not saying we need. I'm saying it looks like we need it. But there's still some fields that had water when I came over from uh, Burlington yesterday, going through Aquaca. There was still some fields, but in that you know lower lying territory that was still had a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see some. You know, there's there's still ponding out there. Yeah, in some of the fields in our areas. So uh, we didn't. You know, there was a lot of areas that picked up more rain than what we got right here. Um, but right now when the when the corn gets this tall mm-hmm. and the soybeans we're using a lot of moisture so a lot of times it can handle it you know the taller crops can handle it when sure. when we get you know four or five inches of rain we had there last week um we've got a small farm about two miles from where i live and this was last thursday and i, I had to run to the club and uh, meet a guy and I, when I was driving down 116 I looked over to the right or the left and I'm like man it's really raining over there I got done with my meeting and I went over and uh we got like five inches of rain and didn't even get a tenth of an inch at my house which was only a m- two miles away and we had five inches of rain over there the roads were you know it was just oh, an no. isolated one of those storms that brews up and just sits there and it just poured for about an hour and we got about five inches of rain out of that i think i remember that day because it looked dark like it was going to head our way it barely sprinkled here in monmouth but you could tell someone had gotten something yeah yeah it was yep and it's so interesting how many uh, acres do you uh, farm here locally andy um we've got about 2300 acres all together in, in corn and soybeans this year okay and then you've also continue with your research with american hemp research tell us how that's going um it's pretty good uh a lot of what we're doing this year what we've got in the fields is is a lot of it's basically for research we're doing some uh genetics testing for a couple of breeders out of oregon um we've been working with uh wiu and another company um we're working on an organic fertilizer um something a little bit different uh we're we're actually in the process of trying to get some patents on it um so that's that's been pretty exciting so uh you know we we had an analysis done on the on the fertilizer and we took it down to wiu and and we're talking with the professor there and he he seemed very interested in it so we're actually going to do some trials with it on corn and soybeans um, basically just seeing root structure, uh, we think it's going to be, uh, the, the way this fertilizer works is we think it's going to be a good soil building type fertilizer and it should be, we're hoping that the USDA will certify it hundred percent organic. So what, what is organic fertilizer? We hear the term organic for fruits and vegetables. What would you consider organic fertilizer? Basically organic fertilizer, um, comes from just regular manure hog cattle uh you know sheep chicken manure those are all you know organic fertilizers um fish there's a lot of they make you know fish guts and that type of stuff uh make organic fertilizers out of basically anything that you compost that's what i was thinking i wondered if you would say compost yeah um you can basically get an organic fertilizer and, and you know we have cattle on the farm so we've with the hemp, um, we've been doing a lot of different types of composting and then trying playing around with them and seeing how they react with, you know, different types sure. of plants. And, you know, yesterday we were 
uh, you know, we were doing, trying some different stuff. Basically, we are going to put some plants in uh, where we took a post hole digger and dug down about three feet. And then we filled the hole up with compost. And then we'll, we'll put a plant in on top of that. Okay. And then, uh, you know, so hope we're trying to see how that works. We've seen that technique used before. Other people have tried it. So this is going to be our first time. We had some extra plants that wouldn't fit in the greenhouse. So we thought okay. we'd take them out and, and use them in the field this way. Oh, you're lucky to have Western so close to be able to have this type of partnership. Yeah, and and Shelby, he's the cannabis director down uh-huh. at WIU. They have a cannabis program. So, um, yeah, it's working out good. We've had some of his students up have come through and looked at what we're doing. Um, WIU, and this is what we're, we're trying to help them out. You know, they're kind of short on funding down there yeah. within the ag department. So, uh that's what we some of the stuff that we're doing we like to you know we'll share that with them and and work with them just because they don't really have the funding to do what we're doing up here so you know we have them join in on it and kind of use our farm as their farm good for you andy so trying to help out those those future students yeah, that's a good thing you know, absolutely the, the, yeah they've got actually and it's good for western because they brought up one of their students. He's a ag business major, and then he did a minor in cannabis. Uh huh. So he's up. He came up all the way from Texas. He's lived in southern Texas, and he came to Western just for their cannabis program. Wow! So, and that's a recent program that they've mm-hmm. added. Yep. Okay. So hemp's going well. When do you harvest that hemp? Um, most of it will probably be done uh, in October. So we're. Uh, you know, we've actually still got some hemp to plant in the fields. We okay. were we were late getting seeds in from one of the breeders in Oregon. So last week was too wet to do anything. So um, and now we're, you know, we were being rained out of the field all last week. We had a lot of weeding that we need to get caught up when out in the hemp field. So we sure. kind of focused on that before we did any more, we do any more planting. But we're hoping to get the rest of the research plot put in this week. Okay, great. I wondered if uh, weed control, uh, weed resistance was a challenge with growing hemp. Uh, yeah, it is. Well, I mean, it's not really weed resistance. It's just that there's such a limit of what we can use for, you know, we try not to use any pesticides if we don't have to. Sure. So we basically try to do our weeding mechanically, whether it's with tillers, cultivators, or a garden hoe. So that's <laughs> the old much, fashioned way, yep, right? Yep. It's just the yep, old school way of doing it. And all of the hemp that you're growing is for research and it's also used for CBD. Yeah, exactly. So okay. we, we do the research while we're growing. And then um, when we harvest the stuff, that's what we do the processing down there where we make the CBD oil and then we take it to our bottler and they do our mixing and blending on all of our products. And you have the ability to have THC-free CBD yep. as well as yep. THC CBD. Remind people again, though, uh, the THC level of CBD that that can alter that can be um, blended for a certain amount. Right. The the what, what we have for products we have T-free products, which there's no THC in them. Um, so people that are truck drivers work for the railroad that are subject to drug tests for cannabis. Um, this shouldn't have any effect on their drug testing. The our full spectrum, which is what we call it, the THC is present, um, but it has to be anything that we bottle or put in there. The THC level has to be below 0.3 percent. That's what threshold. I was looking for. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes, and um, that's what makes it 
it's there's so many different products that you can use once you've you've blended it. Yeah, I mean, some people think that, but right now we're really limited on the amount of products that we can put in. Oh, so, okay. You know, uh, salves, tinctures. You know, we're still waiting on the, the FDA to come out with the guidelines to where we can put CBD into other products. Gotcha. Like Coca Cola and people like that. That's kind of and they were supposed to come out with the last uh, at least the guidelines last summer so you know how government goes sure you know they don't they they turn at their own pace so they sure do not much that we can do about it well i just feel like when i saw your website there was a lot of options yeah um, we've so. we're trying to get as many products as yeah. we can available you know and but you have still, it for pets as well bath yep, bombs things yep. like that the pet stuff uh we've had probably one of our better sellers um, we've got a peanut butter that works good for dogs, um, you know, dogs that have arthritis in their hips and stuff like that. It's, it's worked really well. Um, we had a dog that uh, we had on CBD for at least three years, and I don't think she probably would have lived those three years if she hadn't been on it because there was a couple times where we ran out, and uh, we could definitely see a difference mm-hmm. in her. So, uh, unfortunately, she did pass away this spring, but she was, uh, you know, 15 year old husky dog so Aww. she lived a long long life she what was her life. name koya she looked koya. like a when she first she showed up on the farm as a stray <laughs> but and she she looked like a wolf i mean it, and we thought she was a koi dog something that had and she was very sp- spooky and we saw her and we were we were very leery of her mm-hmm. and i had a small pup and my mom had a small dog at the time so this thing was Showed up on the farm trying to eat uh, cattle feed out of the bunk. So, you know, she'd been on her own for a long time. So we had animal control come up, and they saw her, and they were like, whoa, that That's like a, a wolf. a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they live-trapped her. And they caught her and brought her up here to the, to the pound. Uh-huh. And I called up there and the next day, and I asked him, I said, you know, what are you going to do with her? And he said, well, you know, it's a kill shelter. So if nobody claims her, you know, we'll probably have to put her down. And I said, well, if you do an evaluation on her and make sure she's not vicious towards other animals or, you know, other dogs. And, uh, I said, I'll take her back. And so I called up the next day and they said, you know, we've had her out. She's not mean to other, other animals or other dogs. Uh, so I set up a kennel and it took me two weeks to work with that dog before I could pet her. Aww. She was that skittish. And then she turned into a wonderful dog. She stayed in the round. She guards, you know, there wasn't a critter going to get in our yard, coons Aww. or whatever. So she was a, she was a really good dog and, and, uh, we were pretty sad the day we lost her, but oh, yeah. she had a good life and, and that's all you can really hope for, you know? Good for you. Rescuing a dog. Became your best girl, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yep. How She's sweet. a good old girl. Um, Club 41, how are things going? Um, good, really good, actually. Uh, with the everybody getting their COVID shot, we got a lot of people that are, are venturing out. Um, I don't know how many people that we've had stop into our restaurant and said this is the first place that we've gone, um, which we love to hear. Uh, we've changed the menu up a little bit. Um, we've got a bigger selection of steaks. Uh, we're, we're only serving 100% Black Angus beef uh, as far as our steaks go um i've had dozen probably a dozen people tell me they've come in there and it's the best steak they've ever had good and i had one couple they were from up here in monmouth um 
they were at, at the club uh, last Saturday, and I got to visiting with them, and they said we went to Lone, or Texas Roadhouse last weekend and ate, and he says this is better steak than what we got there. And I said that I love hearing that. Absolutely. So you're just happy too. I mean, people are just excited that you've revived the treasure, an old treasure that's been around here for it, a while. It really, yeah. I mean, um, the the club's been kind of missed. the The food, the you know, the the guys that owned it before, if they hadn't stepped in and did what they did, the club probably wouldn't be there now. So, but they were a group of farmers that had never run a restaurant, and they had some, you know, they struggled for the first couple of years, and that wasn't good for business. So, uh, it was a hard time this last. I mean, oh with yeah, COVID, with, COVID with labor shortage, food shortage, food meat sh- prices. Yeah, we've had problems getting. We can't get uh, bone-in catfish right now. Um, there's, you know, we've had a lot of problem you know our suppliers will tell us we got a shortage of this or we got a shortage of that and and you know with the beef prices you know the steaks are they're pretty expensive and we had the we had the problem with the where they hacked into the beef processing plants and you know how did that affect you Yeah. yeah so we were you know steak prices jumped that week and you know it's just yeah, it's interesting, but yeah, it's been going really good. Our family's really enjoying the club. My brother and his wife are are they've been enjoying it. They'll they'll come down and and help out whenever we need help. And uh, my sister in law, she takes care of all the flowers and stuff. But we want to do some more landscaping around the club. And my brother's working on a he's uh, that he makes signs at there uh, at the farm. So he's got a. We're going to be putting up some new signage at the club and, you know, just, but yeah, we've been getting along good. Um, people have been liking the food and we're just going to keep plugging away. We've also, you know me, I kind of like to keep stuff as, use as many local businesses as possible. Yes. So we've actually, right now, about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. we went and talked to the Belted Cow here, you know, west of Monmouth and that's all the hamburger they're supplying us with all our hamburger that we use in at the club now so we tried some of their hamburger just at home liked it went and spoke with them so uh you know all of our hamburger is locally grown around here they don't use any hormones and they don't use any antibiotics in their with their beef so it's not an organic beef um but uh there's no hormones or anything like that and people you know i tell people that i said yeah this is you know Good quality, locally grown hamburgers. So. There you go. That's a great idea. Good for you, and good for the belted cow. Yeah, yeah, they're really nice people. And we like working with them. So I just th- I generally think of being able to go there and get your you know your donuts and mm-hmm. all kinds of delicious, and then I forget about the cow side of it. <laughs> yeah, and but you you're sure uh, on top of that. Anything else about Club Forty One you want people to know? Um, we're open Thursday through Sunday. Um, we're open Thursdays, four to eight, and then, uh, Friday, Saturdays, Sundays, we're open 11 to nine and Sundays are open 11 to eight. Okay. Sounds good, Andy. Thank you for catching us up on your uh, crops as well as the hemp, uh, research that you're doing and on Club 41. Well, thank you for having me, Vanessa. Have a good summer. You too. That is Andy Houston with us on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.1. It is 9.08. Let's join RFD already in progress.